It has the words, Don't Panic, printed in large, friendly letters on its cover. Diagram of life where Christ culture and nerd culture find sweet, sweet two player co op. Well, hello, 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 and welcome back to your Nerd of Godcast, that place where we geek out, give glory to God, and we look at our faith through the lens of our fandom. My name is Tony T, and for the next few minutes, we're going to be talking about uh, anxiety, panic, all of the things that make us sweat and bite our nails and look at the world through fearful eyes, but that's okay because God has a promise, an answer, and a solution for you, and we are going to discover it together tonight. We're not going to be doing it by ourselves because right here at the table with me and with me as always he is the very best at being the very worst steve-o supremo hi my name is steven and i'm afraid of peacocks hi steven hi steven, <laughs> hi, steven. <laughs> that's true that's yes. it, that is not that was not a comedy bit mom and and we have a church that is in a neighborhood that is overrun like no joke you mm. would like overrun with peacocks yeah, yeah. one it's street over yeah one street over there there's a, there's a couple hundred peacocks that live on that street <gasps> yeah, yeah. have you never seen this no exaggeration see it, go it's watch I've never the vlog that i have with my wife we it's, explore that oh neighborhood and i'm afraid no 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 yeah, you, this is not your opportunity to shamelessly plug your your little side project sir <laughs> that's the only time i've ever done it yeah i know and if it's the last time you'll ever do it we're mm. shutting the whole thing down no more podcast no more peacocks so if this is the last day y'all can go look up steak and potatoes on youtube <laughs> that's where the fun will continue he's going out in a blaze of glory kids uh let's let's turn the microphone off of him and onto somebody who is not here to plug her products she is a weary world traveler she's traveled the world in the seven seas she is a punk rock pirate your friend and mine alexandria marica hey friends does it bother you you guys that no, nobody said hey back it's okay. i thought she was talking to the I thought she was going to tell us what I talked to everyone because everyone is my friend. Well, I didn't want to like steal the bit. What are you afraid of? I was setting that up so everyone can contribute. I'm afraid of being abandoned. (laughs) Like just like just happened when she said, "Hey, friends," and (laughs) And nobody (laughs) replied. Hey, Alexandria, Marga. Hey, friends. I feel that the worst has happened. Cricket, Alex. If I ever found myself on the doorstep of like a firehouse, I I I I think I understand your fear. Firehouse temps. (laughs) (laughs) The very same, yes. Well, maybe not as fearful of that situation. Let me me get that hook and ladder. No pickle. Neff has a fear of overpriced food. (laughs) Right over here, shivering at the idea of overpriced food. He is often imitated but never successfully duplicated. It's the big man, Quentin Gregory Neff. Overpriced food isn't that bad when you get that stimmy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> roll it to Red Lobster. I'll have the whale, please. <laughs> and all <laughs> the cheddar <laughs> That hit my bank account. I was like, hello. Uh, she is sassy and wonderful. She is the human equivalent of the balloons on Carl Fredrickson's house because she is here to lift you up. She is Julia Cameron Colazzo. Hey, what's good? Um, <laughs> Hey it's good. Cheddar biscuits. I heard someone mention cheddar biscuits. Yeah, those I, are good. I think that's the answer to the question. Yeah. Great answer. What's, what's good? Uh, over in the booth, push the buttons to keep this bucket of bolts flying. He is our own resident smart guy, Nick, the engineer. Hello. 
Hi, Nick. Hello, Nick. Hi. Does he have his egg yet? <laughs> Nick is afraid of loquaciousness. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is terse. He is curt. He is brief, <laughs> and is uh, he's anything what is but verbose. The 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 being loquacious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What this is a great <laughs> answer to the question. Yeah. <laughs> and this this moment has been brought to you by look it up on dictionary.com. Yeah. He's Quentin Neff. My name ain't Miriam Webster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so bringing uh, some sense of I don't know legitimacy to our group tonight. <laughs> we are yeah. honored to have with us. Uh, I want to call you doctor, uh, and and I know you're not a doctor, but I'm speaking no. it in faith tonight. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. She is educated. She is a anointed and she is lovely welcome to the nerd of godcast for the very first time first on time. our podcast yeah. yes. uh pastor joy clifton Hi everyone. Yeah. so happy to be here Hello. so happy to be here i say i i made the correction for the first time on our proper podcast because we did a long time ago a nerd of godcast drive time devo and you were on it that's true i was you was you and austin moore and your hubby nolan oh yeah that was an intense conversation it was it was actually Bringing it all, we're talking about trauma tonight. Yeah, we can. Yeah, that that was working through some some junk. <laughs> it was a good yeah. time. It's available on our YouTube. In fact, if you want to find out more about the Nerd of Godcast and how you can stay connected with us, including our YouTube page, here's the ways that you can do that. Stevo, you can join us on all of the social medias. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube at Nerd of Godcast. You can go to our website. That's nerdofgodcast.com. You can also join our in real life life group on Facebook that is the Nerd of God Squad you can go to Facebook and type in Nerd of God Squad or you can go to nogsquad.com that's Nerd of God Squad share some dreams and live your memes I know it's supposed to be the other way. No, but you but did I it backwards on purpose. purpose. I, I, yeah. I, I just want to acknowledge the fact that without a script, Stephen landed that, that flawlessly. Was that was, that was great, yeah. great job, Stephen. I'm very impressed. Share, share some names, live your dreams. I don't have no. an applause button, so you get the crickets, but but it's supposed to be applause. They're cheering the crickets, for you. Yeah. The crickets, are, crickets cheering are cheering. That's the only sound they can make. That's right. it. Congrats. They, they They're can't. rubbing their legs together, right? That's what's happening. Every time yeah. I see Stephen, I nah. rub my legs together too. I don't even know why. It's just uncomfortable. Please, it's just a reflex. It's a reflex. I do say, Mr. Beauregard, I'm getting case of the vapors. Yeah. I mean, and, and oh, my gosh. If you are following us online and if you haven't been to our website, nerdguidecast.com, we have got a special night coming up on Sunday, March 28th at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's the Nerd of Godcast Trivia Night. Yeah. Hosted by our Canadian friend, Joshua Chalk. He's going to be our Alex Trebek of the evening. Because uh, Alex Trebek yeah. is Canadian and a host. That's correct. Was. Oh, he he, he, falls, was he falls into all the categories. So uh, in, in the void of a Canadian quiz show host in our lives, Joshua Chalk has stepped up. And uh, this is a free event. We want you to come out and be a part of it. Uh, the best way for you to do that is go to nerdogodcast.com and get your tickets. Uh, it's going to be all via Zoom, so you can jump in online wherever you listen from. But we do want you to be a part of it. No matter what your skill level is, just come on out and have a good time. We are going to be giving away some prizes and having a lot of laughs. Your Nerd of Godcast crew should be there. So we want you to come and join us for Nerd of Godcast Trivia Night. Sunday, March 28th, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern. Put it on your calendars right now. Do it. Do it. Do it. You can pause the pause. You can pause. Never pause. pause. Do it. And then come back. I think that with the advent of modern technology, they don't even have to pause it. They can just oh. swipe well, up. If you're driving, pull yeah. over, put in your calendar, and then continue driving. Stop yes. at the Arby's. Do it. And then go Stop on Stop at the Arby's. Get yourself a beef and cheddar deluxe. Not a sponsor. 
Hey, we're going to throw it back in the uh, the time machine tonight. We're going to play a quick uh, opening game. Usually oh, at this time we do a two-question interview, but today we're oh, throwing boy. it back. Character from a movie or a video game. A famous flying he's from somewhere deep in space. It's time to find out from the his and hers. We're going to play a game called If We Were. If We Were is a game that we play here on the Nerd of Godcast, and tonight we have several categories for our If We Were Ooh. question tonight. So the way the game is played is I'm going to tell you the category, and you're going to tell me who you would be if you were uh, whatever the category is so here on my spinny wheel i'm gonna spin it and we are gonna see i can hear the spin Many the categories. spin is happening right now so verbal <laughs> slow it down slow it down big money no whammies okay a weird category tonight but uh i guess a valid one who would you be what would you be if you were a u.s state what state would you be if you were a state in the United States, and why? Uh, I guess we can start out with um, Neff. If you were a state, which state would you be? I would be uh, the Virgin Islands. Not a state. Not a state. Uh, I would be... Uh... <laughs> also not a state is Puerto Rico. Uh, or, or Guam. Uh, no. Can't win them all. Uh, I, Washington, D.C. Also not, not a, a state. state. Well, come on. What is a state? <laughs> <laughs> Taxation? Where's the representation? He he's he's so a, much he's about a, geography. <laughs> he is now in a state of frustration. Yeah, uh, that'll work. Uh, yeah. uh, I'd be Alaska. Why Alaska? Because it's the biggest state. Uh, and, oh. and, yeah, and arguably the whitest. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. large and white. I can't believe you said whitest or whitest, but both apply. <laughs> the largest, the whitest, and the most Russian, I guess. They do call me the great. The, the, the great. You can see it from your house. <laughs> what do they call you? Please tell me. The great white nef. <laughs> the great, the great white nef. Here he is. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right. So nef would be Alaska. Uh, <laughs> Julia. I'll if, just take Florida because I'm kind of a mess and no one knows what to do with me. So, uh, yeah, I'll be Florida. Oh, okay. Uh, but but also sunshiny. Yeah. yeah. This is true. And and popular. The world's number one yeah. vacation destination. Oh, wow. I'm pretty great now yeah. I'm thinking about so, you know, it. I'm people, definitely Florida. Take the good with the bad, right? Young and old people yeah. love you. Wow. I'm just... Wow, I'm floored. <laughs> and you have Disney World, so I, I'm, yeah. guys, come visit me. The world knows who you are. <laughs> I'm not a sponsor. Alexandria. I would be North Carolina. Okay, why? Because there are beaches and oceans, and there's a lot of eclectic stuff in between, and sometimes I just can't make up my mind, So you're like, I a like be- to you're, eat all. So you're a beach girl and a mountain girl. Yes. You're the ups and the downs. Yeah. My, I don't like the downs thing, though. Well, I mean, the valleys. Yeah, I don't like valleys. From the mountains to the valleys. Yeah, okay. I think it's prairies. Whatever. We <laughs> know things here. This is yeah. not America karaoke. We're just. I like to be on the mountaintops. Okay. Yeah. Good. North Carolina has good barbecue also. They do. And I love their barbecue It's vinegar-based. Yeah, yeah it's Carolina. the best. And some of the most lovely people Delicious. in our nation, in North Carolina. I love North And you Carolina. get all four yeah. seasons. It's where yeah, Michael, it's where it's Michael Jordan is from. The sky is Carolina blue. blue. Michael mm. Jordan. The, He's a basketball the, player. The greatest basketball mm. player. The guy, who, wait, the guy who sang Thriller? No. no that's uh, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Oh. He said it's Michael Jordan. He's the guy who played Eric Killmonger. Oh, uh, no, it's Michael yeah. B. Jordan. Yeah, well, he can he can be whatever he wants to be. Steven, what state would you be? Louisiana. Why Louisiana? Because a lot of people don't like me, but I can be spicy too. <laughs> Beignets. 
People not like Louisiana. <laughs> That's tough. I feel like a lot of people don't like Louisiana. I've oh. never been. I won't judge. I don't think. I don't know. They don't the like people in Louisiana. Louisiana. Are like people don't like us. That's not what Is people that what in Louisiana they sound, sound like. like. <laughs> well, they, yeah. And then they're like, wait, that's not what we sound like. Yeah, that's that, incredibly offensive. That was um, that was almost too audible. Like that was you know yeah. too too comprehensible. Yeah, you can't move your teeth when you move your teeth when Louisiana. Most of Louisiana don't have it. That is, I feel like that's profiling. I can say that. That's where my family's from, well, and well. that is true. Okay. All right. Well, I guess okay. Joy, if you were a state, please redeem this moment. Yeah, so Julia chose Florida. Right. <laughs> but one thing I love about Florida is that we're such a melting pot, um, but it's still home. Yeah. And so I feel grateful that I've been able to travel a lot and experience a lot of things, but I love coming home, and Florida's always been home to me. And I, and I want to create symbolically home for so many people yeah. like whether it's like just that. in our hearts or in our space so I like to create home for anybody and everybody I think we're like the third fastest growing economy in the nation right now because everyone's moving to Florida mm, yeah. so you know creating home for lots of people nice. I know it's not funny y'all but I just this yeah. podcast is not usually funny even when we try to be <laughs> I've, I've laughed. Thank I've you. Laughed. Sadler. Of times. <laughs> show everyone that you can say more than hello. What, what state would you be if you were a state? And Florida's already been taken twice, so. <laughs> but it's um, a good one. Alabama. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Didn't see that coming. Why Alabama? Because um, it's a little country, but yet they have a great space program there. Oh, in nice. that's a very good answer for you. I'm going to allow that. And it's right yeah. by his hometown. Yeah, very cool. Um, Sweet. Um, is it my turn? Is anybody else? Everybody yeah. else gone? Yeah. Uh, I would love to be Tennessee because I'm from Tennessee oh, originally. Nice. And it's Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. you. That's very sweet of you. Uh, you know, it's a beautiful place. Again, you have a, a, a wonderful climate, a wonderful culture of people, beautiful people, great music, the whole thing. Nice mountains. But I can't. Well, thank you for noticing. But <laughs> I I can't claim Tennessee. I'm going to go with California, and I'll tell you why. Ooh. I'm going to take California because you're extremely liberal. Because Scott Higa is in my heart. Oh. And that's it. So I'm going to be California. California, so I can be near to Scott Higa all the time. Tennessee's so got sweet. the barbecue. Cal- yeah, California. So California doesn't have barbecue. We don't have. We, yeah. California has In and Out. Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let us know what state that you would be if you were a state. You can connect with us across all the social medias and let us know. And now you know what time it is. It's time to talk about the best thing ever. Quentin Gregory Neff. That's right, everybody. It's time for the best thing ever. And once again, we're talking about duos. So last week's, our last episode's uh, duo, the duo, was Doc and Marty. Great Scott. Against Clint and Natasha. They remember Budapest very differently. Very differently. (laughs) And by a score of 67 to 33... Doc and Marty takes yeah, it. Yeah, it's probably Good. the right it's answer. It just makes sense. It's probably it the right sense. answer. It has to be. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. So, moving on to this week, we got a, we got a Clash of the Titans. Okay. Mm. This is a big one. R2-D2 and C-3PO. Okay. Yeah. Versus Bill S. Preston Esquire oh, and, and Ted Theodore, Theodore Logan, Logan. the Wild <laughs> Stallions. Yeah, it's gonna be a big one. Three movies deep. Although I guess our C three PO and R two D two are about nine into it right. now. I think so. They both have animated yeah. Uh, uh, shows. Yeah, so. do they yeah. really? Yeah. They do. Billy didn't didn't C three PO and R two D two only really spend like three movies together. Because they weren't together in the prequels. It's not important. They were together in the prequels. No, they weren't. Have you ever seen? You saw C three PO. Was wasn't C three PO still being 
built. He no, wasn't finished he, no, being built. He was, he, he, was only, he was only naked 3PO in one movie. He oh. was with R2 like all of get, episode two. How did he get from, from Tatooine unfinished by Anakin to wherever he was in episode uh, two? Bad writing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like poetry. It rhymes. Well, we knew he was there in the uh, original trilogy, so he just had to be there somehow. And where can they vote for that, Neff? They can vote for that at nerdofgodcast.com. Uh, you'll find the poll up right on there, right in front of the front page. All they got to do is click on it. Yep, click Just and vote. One, one click. And you can vote for who you think should be the best thing uh, ever. Ever. And they don't think I know a buttload of crap about a buttload of crap, but I do. Okay? Steve-O knows a buttload of crap. Hi, everybody. Hey! Now's the time of the show where I tell you about little crap from the but little crap that I know. Oh. So I'm going to apologize in advance for my terrible pronunciation of everything I'm about to say, but I want you guys to play a, a quick game with me. I'm okay. going to name an uncommon fear, and I want you guys to try to guess what it is. Okay. And then I'm going to tell you what it is. Like We're the gonna name learn of the phobia? Or what, what? It, what, what the phobia is. Oh, okay. So I'm okay, going to name right. the phobia, but the scientific name, I guess. Okay. And you guys... Sure. Yeah. yeah. So we'll do that. All right. Arachibudirophobia. 100% the fear of pronouncing things correctly. <laughs> I was going to say that. Mm. Anybody uh, have a guess? Uh, fear of spoons. Spiders on skates. That was my guess. <laughs> that's arachnophobia. That's uh, very good. Not the skates. Eight-legged <laughs> ice capades. <laughs> All right. So that's the fear of peanut butter sticking to the roof of your mouth. Oh. Uh, that's it sounded before. like you were pronouncing it with peanut butter stuck to the roof of your mouth. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. This one is a fun one. Hippopotamonastrocetaquipendilophobia. Scared of hippopotamuses that can write novels. <laughs> Neff, I love you. How do you... Oh, well. Um. Author hippopotami. <laughs> <laughs> if that's not it, I'm going to be so mad. It? it is Tell the us. fear of long words. Oh. oh. That was I my next guess. Why would people... Because okay. it's like this long. No, and that's actually true because hippopotamus typewriters don't have a space bar, so they're yeah. holding their novels. You, you know what they it's say? One long you know what they word. say? You put a, room, a bunch of hippopotamuses a in a room. A million hippopotamuses with a million typewriters. <laughs> yeah. All right. There, this one is omphalophobia. Omphalophobia? Omphalophobia. Oompa Loompas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doobity doo. The fear of getting a paper cut on your tongue when you lick an envelope. Ooh. Ooh. Because that's legitimate. Being, oh. being. Did you say envelophobia? No. Omphalophobia. Uh, o- O-M-P-H-A-L-O-phobia. Being oh, full of something it. like omphalophobia. <laughs> 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 I wish you guys could have seen him it rub it his <laughs> tummy when he said that. It is the fear of belly buttons. Oh! oh I was close. No. I was so close. I was gesturing yeah. towards it. I just didn't. <laughs> That's right. what you meant. This <laughs> one this one may not be as hard. I just find this one funny is phobophobia. The fear, fear of fears. fears. The fear of fears, yeah. Yes, how many the, points uh, do I get for that? The fear of one of Mars's moons. Unlimited. <laughs> it's fear of fears. Fear of phobia, phobia. But one of Mars's moons is named Phobos, so it oh. could technically be the fear of one of Mars's moons also. No well, Phobos. I don't, I don't think that's how that, that It could realize, be, Steven. I didn't realize this was... Tony knows about Little Yeah. Rap. Yeah, this yeah. is my Dang. segment, sir. Mm. How do and that's the end of Steven's segment, everybody. <laughs> no, what else you got for us? That was it. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> <there> <laughs> you, said, you said keep it short and quick, so I did. Hit the music. And Thank you, Steven.
like a buttload of crap, but I do. And that has been a buttload of crap with Stephen Salisbury. And uh, I don't know about you, but I need to take a break right now. So we will be right back. What's wrong, little homie? Oh, nothing. It's just I'm so bored. Well, how about you play Freak Out? Freak Out? Sounds like fun. What is it? Freak Out! It's the all-new, super-immersive game of frustration and anxiety, guaranteed to bring a whole other level of excitement to your life. Okay, well, how does it work? Just pick a card and find out what the next source of your crippling anxiety will be. Huh. I got student loan debt? Nice! Pick another one! I have to work two jobs just to pay rent? One at a shoe mill and another at a glue factory? Radical! Pick another! I lost my job at the glue factory. Another! And the shoe mill? I don't think I like this game. You're too deep to turn back now. Pick another! But I... Oh... I just got evicted? I have to go back home and live with my parents? Why did I get a liberal arts degree? Come on! Freak out! Freak out is available now in all participating cans of Chef Boyardee, which is, for legal reasons, spelled with four Ds and six E's. So if you want to add some spice to your life and end up curled on a ball in the corner of your room sobbing, then you gotta get freak out! <laughs> this game sucks! For even more fun, try a new pandemic freak out! No toilet paper! What the? That is not included. Wow! <laughs> and now it's time for Silly Jokes with Julia, the part of the show where Julia comes out and tells a silly joke. Okay, you guys, why did the golfer bring two pairs of pants? Why? Why? In Why? case he gets a hole in one. <laughs> That's a good one. This has been Silly Jokes with Julia. Join us next time when Julia says... What do you call it when Batman skips church? What? Christian Bale. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> he was the best Batman. Got him. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Oh we my didn't goodness. bail. We have fun. We have fun. That's we what we do. Here, yeah. uh, but no, we're going to talk a little bit tonight about about anxiety. We we were getting psyched and prepped up. This episode was actually supposed to happen two weeks ago, but um, our special guest Joy, well, she bailed on us, and we're not mad at her. Uh, she was doing it for our protection. She Christian bailed on she us. She Christian bailed like on us. Batman. She was doing it for our protection. <laughs> she had inadvertently gotten exposed to a little bit of coronavirus, uh, the COVID nineteen, and for our own protection, she was quarantining herself quarantining yourself for uh, waiting for the results of her test. So they turned out negative, which is what you Ooh. want them to be. But uh, finally, we were, which is interesting because we were able to swap our episodes out with an episode about COVID-19, our COVID year, uh, available now wherever fine podcasts are consumed. <laughs> but uh, we are glad to have you with us, Pastor Joy, as we talk about panic and anxiety and fear and all these things that cause these reactions in us. This is sort of a celebration, albeit a little bit late because of our time shift, of panic day, the one day of the year that it might be okay just to give in to the emotion that we all try to keep in check, panic, feeling overwhelmed and upset, giving into that feeling every once in a while. 
sometimes it happens, but we're going to talk tonight a little bit about how to how to cope with that in a good way, in a healthy way, in a godly way. And I can't think of any better person to join that conversation than Pastor Joyce. So thank you for being with us on the Nerd of Godcast tonight. Thanks for having me. I think anxiety is something that everybody deals with in some degree, uh, some more than others. And so I'm so excited that we're having this conversation together for those who are listening who are going to be joining in in different ways. And um, I think you can't know enough about your mental health and particularly in anxiety because everybody has it in some form or fashion. No, so what does it look like? I mean, when when, when we're experiencing anxiety, when, when when you guys experience that kind of a feeling in your life, how do you know? Like, how, what, what are the warning signs for you personally? I tend to get very frustrated and I get very short with people easily. Mm. And I don't mean to because I'm not that way typically, but when I'm feeling anxious, I like just want to focus on what I need to do to like make it right so I'm not anxious. Okay. All right. What do you think, Julia? On the tail end of that, I feel the least like the least capable version of myself. Like I feel like I'm not able to do even the most menial tasks and I feel like self-doubt and just like I get crippled by fear. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. Whenever I go through like anxiety or panic attacks, I, I feel like I can't do what I want to just usually from unpreparedness mm. or, or just feeling like something's going to happen that's out of my control yeah and that's like one of the things where I have to like trust God that's like immediately turned to uh but before that it's just like I have to sit alone have to breathe because it's just freaking out kind of debilitates me yeah, yeah I know with me it's similar to Julia Neff but I almost instead of feeling like I can't do anything I feel like I shouldn't do anything mm. like I don't want to make a decision right now because it's like I just I can't. Um, yeah. It doesn't happen that often, but it's like it's like I need someone to I need someone to make a decision for me because I'm not going to make the right decision if I'm really anxious about something. And this is a real a real thing that you're going through because mm -hmm. I think to some people when we look at we see these things maybe even in exercised in kind of uh, media or dramatized it, it seems more like a plot device more like something well they're just yeah. throwing it in. I'm having a panic attack because I need something to kind of happen or when you see someone that's going through that kind of thing if you've never experienced it or you don't have an understanding of what it is I think it's really easy to kind of say well just calm down just right. you, just 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 get over it just move past it just 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 just, just right right and if it was that easy, they would just yeah. get over Everybody it because nobody enjoys feeling anxious or debilitated right. or yeah. crippled or frustrated. Nobody enjoys feeling that way. So if it was just as easy as, well, just calm down, like flipping a light switch or turning on the TV, then then they would. But it's more complicated than that. Yeah, I was going back and watching uh, some of the MCU movies uh, kind of in, in light of uh, Marvel kind of bringing their shows now to Disney+. Plus. I'm like, I want to catch up on some of those things. And I, I, I started watching WandaVision, um, which I, I, the conversation been had it's been it's been worn out but we have a, a classic study here I think of Wanda kind of losing her junk of having uh, anxiety and, and forgive me if the, the terms that I use are, are glib or they minimize it you know say losing her junk or something like that but um, going back and watching some of the movies that led up to WandaVision boy this poor chick had a rough go uh, I mean the first time that we we're introduced to her we get her backstory where her family is killed in front of her and she had to kind of watch it all happen and then she's brought into Hydra and experimented on and uh, she loses her brother she loses uh, her husband uh, her, her love and and uh, how twice. does she twice yeah I mean yeah and, and she copes with this thing by creating this yeah. fabricated reality where she thinks she can control it but obviously that's uh, it does not work that way it's a lot of trauma a lot of trauma uh, is is it external causes joy that sometimes bring these feelings on to us 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, when I watched WandaVision, I was like, she's disassociating. Mm -hmm. And disassociation is just kind of checking out, creating a false reality or just completely disconnecting from the reality that you're actually in and creating a false reality for you because that's the way that you can cope. Sometimes if you watch like Law & Order SVU or you hear about trauma survivors or abuse survivors and they say, you know, especially uh, survivors who've been abused perpetually, you know, they, they say, I just zoned out and it and, and just let it happen or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they're disassociated. They're going to another place in their mind because being present in the trauma and all that it causes you to feel and experience is just too much. And that's what Wanda is doing wow. is disassociating because all of the trauma that we see, you're just like, holy cow, that's so much. Well, it's so much for her too. And so she creates you know, episode one through eight or one through nine. How many is there? Nine, yeah. Right, one through nine of of what we see of how her how she's coping with all yeah. of that, all of that trauma and all of the things that she's gone through. Now she has a unique set of reality bending powers <laughs> that we don't necessarily have access to. But you're saying that like people that go through these situations, they in their own way kind of create their own disassociated reality. Absolutely, yeah. So they may have, uh, you know, they may be diagnosed with a disease and they choose not to accept that as a reality. They may be moving to a new city or going through a situation with their life and they're not doing anything about it. It's just an, an extreme avoidance because it's too much to deal with and to embrace. So the alternatives is just ignoring it and creating and doing something else because that feels safer than actually living in the moment and living in the pain and all of those things that that, that brings up. And it seems like uh, this is an unhealthy thing to experience, but maybe is it sort of a, a, a still, is it, a, is it safer to experience that than it is to go through it full force? I mean, is this a reaction, a reflex that God gives us to kind of protect ourselves as we walk through something? Or should we try to avoid that and deal with it in a different way? I don't know if that question makes sense. Yeah, so it's a coping skill, but coping skills are meant to be lifestyles. So mm. they they protect us in the moment. They protect us when we feel threatened, but we shouldn't feel threatened all the time. We shouldn't be living in a situation where we have to protect ourselves all day, every day. If you are, you need to be out of that situation. And it's interesting because um, God is so amazing the way he's created us. When you think about um, the way that God created certain animals, like if, you, if you've ever held a lizard, you know, and his mm. tail falls off, you know, mm. like, and that tail is like mm. wiggling. It's meant to distract you or the predator so that the lizard gets away. I was reading a children's book. <laughs> today I learned. You didn't know that? I didn't I know why it wiggled. Old. Oh my gosh. And you just watch it wiggle because it's like you're free. You know, you're fascinated by the wiggling tail and then the lizard gets away and it grows another one. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So they, so it's this mechanism that God's created inside of these animals um, to protect them. And it's the same way with us, actually. One of the coolest things, so we're going to get sciencey tonight. One of the coolest things that God's created us with is the fight or flight response. Have mm. you guys heard of yeah. that? That's yeah. become more common. But the scientific name for that is the sympathetic nervous system. Okay. Okay, here we go. All right. So actually what I'm happens, taking notes. <laughs> so actually what happens is when your brain perceives a threat, the brain kicks in. And so many of the parts of our bodies are happening automatically. You know, we're not reminding our hearts to beat every second. We're not reminding our, our stomachs to digest after we eat dinner or an ice cream. It's happening without our power. It's happening without our reminder or our like telling it what to do. And the sympathetic nervous system is one of those other aspects of our body that just kicks in. And so what happens is that when our brain perceives a threat, it automatically kicks in. And this is all happening in split seconds. So mm. our digestion actually shuts down. 
our, our breathing increases because we're gonna need to fight or flight in that moment. Our, our, our blood starts pumping faster because we need more blood to our muscles. Our eyes dilate because we need to focus. Our adrenal glands start pumping out adrenaline and this is all happening automatically without our control. And it's so that we can protect ourselves. If you think about somebody like robbing your house in the moment, you're either gonna fight them because they're in your home or you're in a flight, you're gonna get out of there. And right. some people add freeze. I notice many of you mentioned the debilitating, I can't do anything. People have add fight, flight or freeze because that's like we panic and we freeze, you know? Right. And so it's God's way of protecting us and getting us out of that situation of protecting us to, to fight so that we can keep us safe and those who we love safe. It's unfortunate though that sometimes we're perceiving threats that actually aren't there and so our body kicks into gear automatically yeah. without our permission and then we're kind of just left with my body's freaking out but there's nothing to freak out about why am i freaking out when you think about these things what are what are some of the characters that we know that are sort of fictional fan favorites that that experience anxiety that go through these these sort of things that we've seen in media courage the cowardly dog <laughs> great example <laughs> all right for those who are uninitiated with this uh, legendary animated series what's the deal there he is a dog and he's cowardly and his name is ironically courage so what, what is he afraid of Everything. Um, what? What? Okay. So flipping the, the the guide. I I've never watched this show a whole whole lot. But what about Chucky from Rugrats? Uh, yeah, he's very anxious. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. What's he's What's the source of his anxiety? What's What is it that that gets him all twisted up? He's very much like he doesn't he just doesn't want to. I don't know if it's be in trouble, but he doesn't like the adventure because everything can go bad. So he's mm. almost like, no, let's just let's stay where it's safe and comfortable and where we're not going to get hurt or in trouble. We'll stay in the playpen and be okay. Yeah, I think his fear is the fear of the unknown. Like, he's like, I don't know what's going to happen. Let's not go and find out. Let's just sit here in our playpen and never leave. That's kind of Chucky's deal. That's Well, that, and I think that's a safe way to play it. But, I mean, there wouldn't be much of a show if yeah. he stayed in the, in the playpen. <laughs> that's true. There would be no, no rugs and for him to And they stay in the pit again. That's right. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in to the most, the most boring <laughs> show. <laughs> it's like an animated baby monitor. It's just a, That's right. Just a, uh, one of the ones that I think of is from Iron Man 3, Tony Stark. And how he oh, has this sort yeah. of post-traumatic experience, you know, after the Battle of New York. And and he freaks out. At first time I saw this movie, I didn't like this. I didn't really care for the way that they made this character just lose his, uh, his cool. I mean, he's the guy that's just totally in control of everything all the time. Always has the right answer. Always, like, totally, like, nothing bothers him. And then after this, he has. There's a whole movie where you can't even mention New York without him absolutely going into catatonics. He's sweating. He thinks he's having a heart attack. Right. Um, and, and Jarvis is saying, "No, this is anxiety that you're going through." And Tony doesn't want to believe that. He doesn't want. But it it haunts him for this whole movie, like in a real way. And at first, I was kind of annoyed by it. But having gone back, especially after WandaVision, I looked at it and I said, this was a great turning point for this character because prior to Iron Man 3, like he was just, everything was easy going. Tony took nothing seriously. But after the Battle of New York, he took everything so seriously. We got to build a suit of armor around the world. We've got to follow the rules of the Sokovia Accord. I can't let this thing happen. I've got to follow this guy. I got to follow Squidward up in space here and, and take care of all these things. You know, like everything that he did became much more high stakes after that he took so much more responsibility and so much more of a burden of i have to keep everyone safe really it was after wanda got into his head and showed him all of his friends were dead or steve was like you could have stopped this tony and uh and i think that he took that seriously that anxiety took him to, uh, to a whole different character arc uh is that realistic 
Absolutely. I was thinking, oh, that's hypervigilance, which is one of the common um, symptoms of PTSD. And that's the idea of maybe after you get in a car accident, every car that turns onto the road, you know what I mean? Or yeah. like, you know, every, if you were, you experienced a bullying situation by a, a big man that had curly hair. Every time you see a big man with curly hair, you're like, oh my gosh, is he going to attack me again? So you're just constantly on edge, constantly looking over your shoulder, wondering, is this going to be the next time mm -hmm. that I'm hurt in that way? And yeah. so he, he goes full-fledged hypervigilance because he doesn't want that to happen again. So if he thinks I'm going to be just you know, maxed out all the time, then maybe I can prevent it from happening again. Yeah. What about, um, what about Elsa uh, from Frozen? Remember, she uses her power, she hurts her sister, and she just locks herself down. Uh, is that hypervigilance? Is that... Maybe. I mean, that's just, <laughs> I don't know, avoiding any other situation from happening. So, uh, yeah, she she goes into isolation, right? Yeah, she's that's, the queen of isolation. She's the queen of isolation. Yeah. So uh, she's, she's doing her best to avoid any situation from happening again. Gotcha. Frodo from Lord of the Rings. Anxiety? Wow. At least not saying that other people don't have reasons for anxiety or reasons for their trauma, but like he's literally has the fate of the entire world around his neck. And if he loses it to Sauron, the world will end and they'll be basically be the dark times again. So I can I can excuse his his anxiety because that's like world ending trauma about to happen but from a certain perspective i mean although it may not be an actual world ending trauma for when we're not in this big epic three movie storyline maybe the things that we're responsible for can feel like the one ring they can feel like that level of a burden if we don't perform a certain way in our jobs or if we uh, don't do a certain thing or look a certain way or achieve a certain goal we can feel like maybe the, the fate of the world is in our hands too uh, things that if you're looking at it logically, they don't seem like maybe they're that big of a deal. Like nobody's going to die over it. Nobody's going to go to hell over it. But in our minds and our hearts, we react to it as if yeah. it is the fires of Mountain Dew. I've had that happen before, definitely. Like what? There's just, I'll think of what if one day I'm a pastor at a place. All of a sudden, like someone I knew in high school comes up to my pastor and tells him, you know, nephew used to drink and party pretty hard back in high school and stuff like that. I'm just getting like, oh. What if the stuff I did in high school was all like... All the hypotheticals. <laughs> hypotheticals. Yeah, the fortune telling. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's the other kind of flip coin of the anxiety is, yeah, you've had trauma, but the irrational thinking is yeah. just spirals our thought life into a dark place oh, yeah. that chances are that's never going to oh, happen. No. But man, we are experiencing a high level anxiety about something that may or may, may or may never occur. But in our mind, it's already there. You're sitting in the pastor's office being fired or or whatever is happening. Do you have, and, and like, and I'm talking just ridiculously irrational. We have a friend, her name's Stephanie, and she has this fear, and it is, it is as real to her as someone pulling a gun on her. We used to go on youth group trips, and we would ride in the youth van, the church van down the road, and if we pulled up next to a, uh, you know, an 18-wheeler, like a big old tractor-trailer truck, she would get so tense and physically react to it with fear, and her fear was that the bolts would come off of the hubcaps and fly through the window and kill her. Like that was a very specific, uh, Stephen, if I'm lying, uh, you're not lying, a very, very real, very, very specific, so extremely unlikely scenario. But for her, she, she reacted to it. Like I was always trying to be nice about it, but some people, when they would drive, they'd pull right up next to them <laughs> and they would just let it linger. And it's like, I don't think this is funny for her. Mm -hmm. Like uh, this, like it sounds stupid. Like we all know it's stupid. That never happens. 
it was not stupid for her. It was a very real fear and concern. I'll, I'll, if you have one that is real and stupid also, like a stupid fear, but it really causes you anxiety, I'd love for you to share it. I will go first. I, 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 I think I know what you're going to say. I, I want to tell it right now, and it's making my skin crawl right now, like just even thinking about it, and it's so stupid. Can you picture the hood of a car? You know the little space between the hood of a car and the side of a car? Just that little tiny gap there? Yeah. I'm afraid that I'm going to get my teeth stuck in that and they're going to snap off. Your teeth? My teeth Why stuck. Why would your teeth be near that? I don't know. It's a stupid fear. I told you. it's a Someone d- rested a sandwich on it, so I had to bite <laughs> just, it with my I teeth. Just, I'm, yeah, like I'm terrified that my teeth are somehow going to be snapped. Oh, it is like right now I'm having a physical mm-hmm. reaction. Like I, my, co- my toes are curled up right now. Mm-hmm. Like it is a very real, weird, completely ridiculous fear. I don't think anyone's going to beat that. Well, <laughs> I think I got one, but it's okay, go it's for really it. out there, but it's woken me up in the middle of the night plenty of times. Um, I have this weird, I don't know where it came from. Well, I know where it came from. <laughs> there we go. Of being in a room with a walrus. I am absolutely terrified of giant animals with huge tusks. Just being able, like especially <laughs> like a small room. That just scares the ever-loving so, bejesus out of me. If you're in a closet with an elephant, I'm, I'm. Oh, that's, elephants are nice. They're nice. But they have tusks. They're <laughs> they large have animals tusks. with tusks. Yeah, but they're not all floppy. They're not. <laughs> they don't bounce to get places. I will never go to SeaWorld and see the walrus again and think you look nice. Walruses are so big and they slide everywhere, and they got, they're just gross animals that are scary. Paging Dr. Freud. Dr. Freud. <laughs> I have a telephone call line one. Uh, anybody else? You got to have something that's weird and irrational. We're getting a call from PETA tomorrow. Yeah. I don't think I could beat Tusk over there. How about yeah. um? How about the, the what about the idea? You ever lay there at night and you have a reminder of something you did when you were like 13 years old? Oh. And all of a sudden you just oh you cringe because yeah. and there's nothing you could do about it. It's yeah. already done. Nobody else in the world remembers it except for you. But it's the worst thing in the world. That's me every day. Every. Oh my gosh, I hate it so much. And so many things too. It's not just one thing. It's like a plethora of different memories to just choose from. And my brain's just like, "Mm, meeny, miny, blam, and then I cry. (laughs) Wait, wait, you you really do? Like, I'm I'm not making fun. My laughter. I'm Mm. erase, erase, erase. You you really do cry? Uh, I can if I think about it like too hard. I literally have started doing this thing where I just say any thought that comes into my brain that I just don't want to think I say halt sometimes physically or in my mind hold my arms out because it's in this book I'm reading about to deal and uh, I I just don't let it happen I'm like nope I keep captive my thoughts okay good for you you shall not pass I was at a I was at a youth event last night and it felt like a middle school or high school dance it wasn't, but it just felt like that because the atmosphere. Because you were in a gym. Yeah, and it was dark, dark lights, music blaring, yeah. you know, uh, teenagers because it was a youth event. But it was like just anxiety from like, oh, mm. why did I have these experiences at dance? Why were dances all the, why was there drama at my middle school dance? I was just trying to, you're supposed to dance. That's what you're supposed to do. Not like have like weird drama at a dance. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Nobody told me that you weren't allowed to dance with one of your teachers at the middle school dance. Oh, I didn't nice. know. I thought it would be a nice thing to do. Yeah, that one didn't go I'm away for a while. I'm anxious for you. Yeah. yeah. So, so my mom's a teacher, so if you dance with your mom in the middle school dance, you might not ever recover from that one either. <laughs> yeah, these, these, these things that, that get in our heads and they don't necessarily have realistic grounding, they still count. I mean, they still create real 
real responses. responses. So I just thought of one for me, and I don't. I've been told this is unrealistic, but I'm afraid of sleeping on my back because I'm afraid my tongue is gonna roll back into my throat Ooh. and I'll suffocate. Is that a that's, thing that happens? I don't know. No. I I was told it happened when I was a child, and it traumatized me and it wasn't until like a week ago when I was talking to my wife and my mother-in-law and I said that and they both laughed at me they said that can't happen like we understand that you're afraid of it but it's not gonna happen to you and I'm like I still don't like sleeping well, you can, on my back you can I refuse. Your why did you wait till I was 30 to tell me that it couldn't happen exactly well, you swallow your tongue doesn't that why you, if somebody's having a seizure you have to hold uh, no you do uh, not actually, put your finger yeah, or a wallet actually, no, no. in their mouth I've actually, well, no, what does Michael Scott do doesn't he try to shove <laughs> the wallet, wallet in Stanley's mouth he's, yeah <laughs> I've first actually, I was afraid I was petrified <laughs> <laughs> I've actually no. looked into it and apparently even with a seizure that doesn't happen. No, no, you're just supposed to remove the items away to keep them safe from hurting themselves. No. Do not. You so can get your finger get bit off. Get the wallets out of there. You can get your finger bit off by them. Yeah, that makes sense. There, yeah. th there's a book that I love uh, and a movie. If you don't like reading, uh, called The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, yeah. and it's a book that that hitchhikers that travel across planets and stars use, and it has all of the information in the universe uh, about all the places that you might want to go to. Big, like, really yeah. big. It's really sure big. Like it's towel. way more than just a trip to the chemist. Um, <laughs> And, and on the cover of the book is two words, don't panic. And don't panic sounds like, well, that's a helpful idiom with which you can live your life. Like, don't panic. Whatever it is, don't panic. But don't panic can have very much the opposite effect. So, Joy, where's your daughter right now? She's home with her father. Okay, so if, if her father, if Nolan called right now, and you okay, this is unusual, and you pick up the phone, and the first thing he says is, don't panic. What's your immediate response? I'm going to panic. Yes, exactly. <laughs> My heart rate's going to increase. I might sweat a little, and I'm thinking worst-case scenario. Worst-case scenario. Moment. Yeah, absolutely. It's sometimes the, the, the very thing that we would try to do to calm ourselves might be the worst thing. It might be like pouring water on a grease fire. We, you know, It might seem like the right idea, and then <laughs> now you have water fire everywhere, and it's an awful, awful thing. You know, We live in a world where panic may have not been a reality for a large chunk of people for their whole lives, and then the whole world got flipped upside down over the last year and now panic might be a very real part of their stories yeah, panicking everywhere the supermarket you know panic at the disco I've, yeah. I've been told <laughs> how common is anxiety and panic for people yeah so everybody has a certain level of anxiety it's been around since the beginning of time i i wonder if adam and eve were created with and a certain level of anxiety and fear um, but it was certainly there after the fall, after sin. You see it when they're avoiding God, when they realize, oh, we're naked. We better cover up. I mean, yeah. that's fear. That's panic right there. That's anxiety. We've sinned against God. We need to go hide. Right there in the first few chapters of Genesis, wow. fear, anxiety, panic is happening right there in, in the text. And so it's very common. But, but I think it's important to remember there is good fear and bad fear. I have a toddler. I want her to be afraid of cars in a parking lot yeah. running her over. I want her to be afraid of strange people. I want her to be afraid of falling off our balcony. I mm -hmm. want her to have that healthy dose of fear. The problem is, is when the bad fear comes in and we're afraid of irrational things or we've been hurt in certain ways. So that creates fear. And then we allow fear to start dictating our choices. It invades our relationships. It starts affecting us at work. And we realize this isn't just normal fear. And I use normal in quotes. This has gone far beyond just the fear that God's placed in me 
to use wisdom, right? Because again, yeah. God's indicating within us, hey, 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 this is, there's something weird about this, something unsafe, and you need to do something about it to keep you and those that you love safe. So it's God's way of protecting us. But sometimes because of sin, because of brokenness, because of mistakes that people have made or things that we've experienced, fear is now something that can start controlling our lives in ways it was never meant to. And just to clarify, you don't mean like because of a sin, like you sinned and that's why you're feeling anxiety. It's just the general condition of our disconnectedness with with God's perfection. Yeah, I am a firm believer that as a result of sin, people struggle with mental health in general, not necessarily because it's some sort of punishment from God. Um, I think that in church culture, that was something more common. Like, well, you must have done something wrong. That's why you're depressed. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, maybe I made a mistake, but I mean, sin is sin and I make mistakes and why am I feeling the way that I'm feeling? So yes, no, mental health issues is a result of brokenness in this world, mm -hmm. um, not necessarily a result of you're a terrible person and now God's gonna like send you down the path of bipolar. Yeah, you know? e even, if, even if sometimes the choices that we've made, if they're negative choices or the things that were done to us, cause those or, or you know instigate those feelings of anxiety right. in it this isn't really necessarily about maybe blame blaming yourself I right. mean I think that might be adding more problems to right. I think there are natural consequences to anything if I walk out in the middle of the street chances are I'm, I'm gonna get hit by a car that's not God like cursing me or punishing that's just a natural consequence right. so sometimes if you are making choices that do put you in situations that could cause you to walk down the path of of depression or anxiety that's just a comp that's just a natural consequence a natural result of the actions that you're part of and then and then additionally there's a huge tie a huge connection um, biologically of what has happened in your family so sometimes you're struggling with mental health it has nothing to do with the choices you've made or the yeah. places you've been it's simply because of the genes that are within you um, that you're that you have a higher propensity of struggling with those issues just because of what's happened in your family just like heart disease or just like cancer hmm. runs in the family it's chances are you have a higher chance of of struggling with those things regardless of your choices um, in your life that you've made i had an uncle that thought he was saint jerome i feel like that's a joke is that a joke <laughs> <laughs> cue the jump i say that call yeah. <laughs> cue the crickets yes uh so, so okay so what is what actually happens when somebody experiences anxiety yeah, so many of you mentioned it. First and foremost, there's usually a physical response to it. And most people don't recognize it um, as a physical response. But again, it's our, it's God's way of reminding us, warning, warning, warning. There is something here that could potentially hurt you. And so a lot of times with panic, um, you know, we hear about the term panic attacks. So it's intense fear. It's the sweating. It's the it's the heart increase, the heart rate increase. Um, you know, our physical response is happening, and then our choices follow after. You know, are we going to avoid? Are we going to we going to plunge right into it? And so anxiety is happening with anything and everything. It could be you go into a meeting with your boss, or you have to stand up in front of class and give a report or a speech, or it could be driving on the interstate, um, or it could be more serious things where you're walking into a situation that really reminds you um, of some serious trauma that you've experienced and you're just struggling with just getting through it. Yeah. Um, in counseling, you know, we, we categorize trauma as like big T trauma and little T trauma. 
So big T trauma is kind of the, the abuse, the neglect, the, the major car accidents, those huge things that maybe we would see about on the news. But those little T traumas are just those small experiences that change the way we view ourselves, the way we view God, the way we view the world and others in a negative way. And I think some people avoid using the word I've been traumatized because it's like, well, what have you been through? Well, well, when I was, you know, in sixth grade, a kid flipped me over and took my, my milk money out. That could be considered a little T trauma, depending on, or a big T trauma, depending on how much it affected you. So, so trauma happens, the irrational thoughts happen, and it can start to rule your life if you don't take action to prevent it from doing that. Well, as I think about fear and, and fear itself, like, what, what are we, you know what we're born afraid of? Loud noises. Loud noises. Oh. Falling and falling. Right, right. Oh. That's, That's why it. the kids have the startle effect. Yeah, those are the only two fears that we really just we, we're pre-equipped with. Everything else that we learn along the way is, is that's the, you know we're not born afraid of dogs necessarily, but that all fear itself kind of stems from one fear, which is really the fear of mortality. Like we're, we're afraid of things because we're afraid we're going to die or we're going to be alone, which is going to make us die or we're going to not have, which is going to make us die or what, whatever the thing is. Like it's all like it goes back to that condition of that terminal position of life which is room of the walrus (laughs) you're gonna die you're gonna die it's gonna the walrus is gonna eat you alive and that's gonna be even worse Uh, just those fuzzy flappy cheeks i am the egg man (laughs) cuckoo could you uh so what does the bible say about fear and panic well the one thing that comes to mind um is in philippians where it's like it's one of those easier said than done ones where it's like don't be anxious don't fear like don't be afraid. i'm paraphrasing don't be afraid of anything but instead pray um and trust god again i'm paraphrasing it because i don't have super paraphrasing like message message yes. translation but that's the the one that comes to mind without actually pulling it up supplication yeah. let your request be noted to god and the peace that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and mind in christ there jesus it's one of my number one like go-to verses when i'm anxious yeah. Got on my bumper. I always picture Jesus with like this huge like sword and like shield like back up anxiety. I got her. Like that's how <laughs> when it's like he will guard my heart and mind. I see Jesus like buff and ready to take action against anything Bump that comes. Jesus. Yes. Jesus. Like seriously, that's how I, I picture it. Jesus. And those because he's guarding me, you know, yeah. and um, it's, if it's Je- comforting. If Jesus isn't buff and if he doesn't have abs, <laughs> did he even die for your sins? That's oh my gosh. what I want to know. If he didn't do CrossFit. So I think I actually mentioned this last podcast, but fear not is the most repeated command in the Bible. And it's stated 365 times, one for every day of the year. And I think that's really That's cool. awesome. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Today I'll put that in my pocket. <laughs> fear not. Yeah, some of my favorite scriptures that I quote in when I work with people who are Christians so I can incorporate the Bible is Isaiah 26.3, the Lord will keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. I remember my soccer coach in high school used to quote that when we were losing really bad at <laughs> halftime. You know, girls, just keep keep your mind on Christ. You know, I love uh, 2 Timothy 1.7, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound sound mind. Yeah. Philippians 4, 6, and 7, always quoting that. And 2 Corinthians 10.5, which is take captive every thought. And I wanted to make a comment about that. Um, you know, it's interesting, the, the amount and the, the content of thoughts that we just allow to flow through our minds so freely uh, without any sort of thought to them it's interesting you know this year it'll be 20 years since 9-11 happened which is pretty crazy and since then traveling in airplanes 
are so different than mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. And they've learned that it's not just enough to screen every five person, fifth person, or every 10th person, or this person looks weird, so we'll screen them a little extra. No, I mean, every person is taking their shoes off, going yeah. through the x machine. I mean, there's like dog sniffing bomb things, you know what I mean? Like they know that you have to screen every person that comes through the line because it's not, they're not willing to take a chance that one person won't get by because they understand how devastating, how deadly that one individual could be with whatever they have. Sure. And sometimes we need to take that same tenacity and intensity in our thought life because, you know, I love this verse where it says, take captive every thought. We are supposed to be in control of our thought life and not the other way around. And oftentimes we just let our thoughts just wreak havoc in our mind, especially yeah. with irrational thoughts with no, like with no hesitation. And it's kind of like, we need to take that same intensity saying, no, 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 no. I'm controlling my thoughts, not the other way around. And these verses, Isaiah and Timothy and Philippians, they each mention the mind. God's given us a sound mind. Keep your mind staying on thee. Be anxious for nothing. He's going to guard your heart and mind. There's a power in the mind that we just, we just like fling wide open the doors and say come what may yeah when we really need to harness what's happening in our thought life yeah and we let we let media and we let so many different things speak into us i mean whether it's the things that we listen to but that, that's one of the reasons i cannot i will not like watch scary movies like i just can't do it like i just i have no room for it and it's not like a genre dispreference it's like I don't want to watch something that's going to make me fear. Like, that's not an enjoyable sensation for me. Uh, I, I don't want to replicate it. I don't want to duplicate it. I know that it's 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 fake, you know? But, like, whatever titillation comes along with that, there, boy, there's a price to it. And I don't want to load my mind with those kind of thoughts. Um, I, I remember going to see Jaws 3. It was Jaws 3D. Oh. When, when I, and well, Sarah, I was like, that was a SeaWorld? Yeah, no? yeah. And I think it was like 1983, that movie came out. I was like five or six years old. My parents took me to the movie theater to go see this movie. And it was like, Jaws 3D. Like, why are you taking your child to see? And it, but, but right before that, we had gone to the toy store, and I got a snorkel set, like a little <laughs> diving set. So when we got home from seeing Jaws 3D, I was going to go to the pool, play with your snorkel set. And I'm like, I don't think I will. Like I, because the wall will open up and slide open and a shark will come out of the swimming pool. And I'm not the only person that has had that irrational fear that a wall will slide open to the swimming pool and a shark 100%. will come out. Yes. And I was afraid of that. Well, I wasn't afraid of sharks when I bought that snorkel set beforehand, but I was certainly afraid of it after watching um, Louis Gossett Jr. and uh, Dennis Quaid. I was gonna, well, I was going to say Leah Thompson yeah. uh, get eaten by sharks. I'd like to back up to the points you're making about um, like keeping captive your thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, two things that come to mind when you say that is um, I've been reading this book about building self-esteem. And one of the things that the book mentioned, and it said it as a fact, and I never really realized it was true until I thought about it. And I was like, I guess that's not false, is that not everything that someone says about you, you have to accept. So if someone were to come up to you and be like, oh, you're ugly, I could take that thought and be like, oh man, I guess I am, I am ugly. Or I can be like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and then dust it off and keep it pushing. Nobody asked you, mom. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh no. But you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to take those thoughts and allow them to- To become facts. To become facts yeah, to you. Yeah, switching from opinion, it's someone's opinion, but it's not a fact. Yeah, and that's true. And I guess when you um, let things like that come into your psyche for so long, or for maybe a prolonged amount of time, or when you were a kid, um, you know, your brain has the neural pathways, and like it's like a pattern that your brain is like, you hear something and you need to kind of like accept it as true. And to break that neural pathway, you have to create a new habit. 
And so when you hear, the, like when I said the thing about the saying Holt and stuff, that's part of the book and yeah, it's saying like when, it. when a thought kind of creeps in or if you read something on social media, that's something that I didn't realize was such a hard thing <coughs> for me was if I read something on the internet, it's so hard for me not just to be like, oh, that's true. Hmm. And that's dumb. Like it's easy to say like that's obviously not true, but like I'll read something or someone's opinion and be like, oh my gosh, that's what everyone thinks. But in fact, my feed's curated for people my age and mm. like with my insecurities to make me want to buy things. Yeah. Right, and so right, right. I understand that not everything that I see and coming in is true. And then the second thing is just speaking life. Like the Bible talks right. all about the power of the tongue and how if you speak against things that aren't what God has for you, that there's merit in that. And it'll really reinforce things and speaking life over people and speaking Jesus's name. I find that really, really helpful. How many times do we do things, though, out of the fear of other people rejecting us or mm. out of the fear? Like, we'll do things to impress other people, not because we really care about impressing them, but because we're so afraid of their rejection right. or yeah. their judgment or their disapproval. Um, we give such such power to other people for that reason. Uh, Stephen? It reminds me of in Jurassic Park when the kids are in the Jeep <laughs> and then the lawyer leaves and runs away and then gets eaten. And then they're with Dr. Grant and he, you know, saves them and he's going with them and he goes to just go check something out. And um, Elle, not Ellie, what's the girl's name? The little girl. I can't remember. It's not important. She's freaking out and she's Lex. like, Lex, thank you. And she's like, uh, she's like, wait, no, don't leave. And she's like shaking. He's like, she's like he, he left, left us. us. He, he left, left us. us. Yeah. Like scary things happened and I was abandoned. And Grant's like, that's not what I'm going to do. I just got to go get your brother. Yeah. And so like guys... In that instance, it reminds like God is like Dr. Granford. Like God's not even though other people have left us, even though we've been abandoned, so to speak. Because a lot of the times when we're dealing with fear and anxiety, we're dealing with it ourselves, alone. Um, even if people are there to help us, we feel alone. But God will be there with, for us, and He will not leave us or forsake us. And it better be God, because anybody like Grant did not have the power if that T Rex came back to stop it from making him into yeah. a light snack. So it, it has to be God. It has to be somebody that's bigger and and on a on a more solid foundation right. than our frailties and our fears, to 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 be able to back up that promise of I'm not going to leave you. Yeah, I wanted to make a comment about the mind and the thoughts because I love like, you know, the halt. I love switching, you know, making sure you're clarifying in your mind. Is this an opinion? Is this a fact? Things like that. It's interesting in counseling, we have different theoretical approaches, kind of like when you go to the, the medical doctor, you know, cancer patients are not going to be given Advil and someone with, you know, a, you know, a, you know, maybe a cut on the finger and isn't, isn't going to go into surgery. Not mm -hmm. all things work for all people. So in counseling, we have different theoretical approaches. And the one that works best for particularly anxiety and depression is cognitive behavior therapy. And so the, which, which is what for those yeah. that don't know cognitive. I'm going to explain that. Okay. So cognitive behavior therapy is what it is. It, it connects the cognitions, our thoughts with our behavior. And so the bottom line for CBT, that's the short of it, is thoughts, feelings, behavior. So our thoughts leads to feelings, our feelings lead to behaviors. And then that's what we see. And that's why it's so detrimental and so opposite when you just say, calm down. Calm down when you're anxious, calm down. Because what you're addressing as the observer is the behavior, but the behavior is really at the end of the domino line because mm -hmm. thoughts have led to feelings and then feelings have led to the behavior. So what we're seeing and observing in other people is just the end. Like we, we haven't seen the beginning. And so what we really have to do is go back 
to the beginning and, and question and examine within ourselves what what thoughts was I thinking before mm -hmm. I, I began to feel this and then I began to behave in a certain way. And just in the same way that a negative thought creates a negative feeling, creates a negative emotion or a negative behavior, same way with positive. So if we can switch those thoughts into a more positive, a more rational thought, then that's going to create positive feelings and that's going to create positive behaviors. And that's why I love why the Bible speaks so much about the mind because according to CBT, that's where so much of our anxiety begins, but that's also where so much of it can, can improve and we can take hold of it and be in charge. Yeah, we see a lot of, I mean, one of the biggest examples that I see of like people acting on their rational or irrational fears, I guess they're rational, but the Israelites, when they reach uh, Canaan That's a good point. and they see, and they see these giants and they're like, uh, I know we've been traveling for 40 years, you know, but um, these guys are they're too big. We just can't do it. There's no way. And then they end up back in the wilderness and it's and it doesn't they don't turn back until there's a change of mind a change of of the way they look at things and they see we have god on our side mm -hmm. let's go forward let's do this thing it's good and i think too what you brought up about cbt about how it has to go back to like where did that thought begin i've i mean i've gone through therapy i've worked with therapists before and it's been incredibly helpful and i think i did a lot of that before i ever became a christian and after I became a Christian, I was like, I can invite God into this process. And so what I found is, you know, like you were talking about the Israelites and how they walked in so much fear about um, going into the land of Canaan. Uh, when they realized the truth of who God was, then they were able to go Move out and drive forward. out the Canaanites. Yeah. And so in my mind now, when I'm feeling anxiety or, or I'm feeling um, depression or whatever I'm like okay God what is the thought that I that I'm thinking right now and what is the root of it and then right. when I find that That's root great. what is the actual truth yeah inviting mm -hmm. God into that space yeah. to say God you speak truth to maybe a lie right. that was spoken or you bring mm -hmm. healing to a hurt that was that was yeah. perpetuated on me or whatever it is be and switch that turn mm -hmm. that yeah because try as I might I can be like not true not true not true but I'm also like but maybe it's like kind of a little bit true, but when I allow Holy Spirit to just speak to me and he just undoes that, I can't, I can't even explain how much freedom that's brought to me right. over the past like three years where I've really been pursuing that and I'm not perfect at it, but, yeah. right. but finding that root cause of this is the thought that caused all of this and I'm reacting out of that. Praise God. Yeah, and, and remember, before Jesus ascended into heaven, he said, fear not, I'm going to send you the great counselor. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. the primary role of the Holy Spirit is being a counselor, conviction, right. guidance, and 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 healing and 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 all of those things so um that's the role the holy spirit's doing its job when you invite the holy spirit into those moments yeah. with you and holy spirit is also called the spirit of truth and where this mm -hmm. where the where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom and when when you allow the holy spirit to be lord over your life in truth then you live in the freedom that jesus died to give us wow. Right. That's and good. in the inverse, right, the devil's the father of lies. So anything right. that comes from his mouth is gonna, going to be opposite of it's gonna what... it's going to create bondage. Right. It's, gonna, right. it's the exact opposite of what God would speak over you. Mm -hmm. So when we realize this could be a lie, let me examine it 
chances are the truth of it is going to be the complete opposite. And sometimes right. not not a complete stark 180. Sometimes there is enough truth in it to really make you feel like it's tangible. Right. right. But that truth is only true from maybe a certain perspective. And we have to remember, we don't see and we don't understand all the things that God understands. Like the things that could be some of the most traumatic moments in our lives could also be the pathway to our victory. Yes. How traumatic sure. must it have been for the disciples to watch their guy die on the cross? Mm. Like they went and hid. These guys went and hid and locked themselves in a room with fear and anxiety. Well, what do we do now? Like w w we gave, we left our nets. We left everything. And we were told that nobody would leave anything behind, that they wouldn't get a hundredfold. Like we, we were told that we were making the right decision. And now our dude is dead. And that, like what, what, like what? And then that very real, very traumatic thing could have set them on the path of just like, well, we're done, game over. But in that God shows up and he says, I'm going to use this moment, the same as in John chapter nine. It wasn't something you did. It wasn't something that happened to you. It's, it was very real. My dude was blind. He wasn't fake blind. He wasn't blind for the sake of narrative. But why? God desires to be glorified in our lives. Yeah. And there's a very real possibility. There's a very real playing field for God to establish victory, even through our brokenness, Absolutely. even through our frailty and the difficult things that we go through. Well, I mean, look at even Peter, even before the crucifixion, where he denies Jesus three times out of fear, you know, out of being wanting to be separated because he, he doesn't want to face the same consequences. But then he goes on to become one of the biggest, you know, the, the rock that the church is built on. Yeah. And, and that anxiety when it when it crosses redemption. I mean, and what is what, what is what when Jesus says, hey, feed my sheep, you know, do you love me? Feed my sheep. You let me feed my sheep. That was a moment for Peter of, of repentance, gentle repentance. And what does repentance mean? It means to rethink. It means to change your mind, mm. to change your mind about things. Let's go back to the why and let's change our mind on it. Mm. Was it Peter that like told Jesus, let far be it from you, Lord, when Jesus was saying that he was going to mm -hmm. die? Yeah. You're like, yeah. no, you ain't yeah. dying on my watch, baby. Yeah. And so like even things that we think are like the way it should be mm. like as you can see and as you clearly demonstrated or illustrated with jesus dying on the cross like we didn't know what the outcome of that would be only he and the mm -hmm. father knew and it's just crazy that you say that because i think some of the hardest times of my life are truly the times that brought me to trust in god mm -hmm. like even from childhood and having like some more traumatic i'm not gonna go into detail but like some traumatic childhood things happened to me and like not feeling safe you know, as yeah. a kid, yeah. I had nobody and I like felt like that that was so real to me. And like I got bullied at school, like I was not happy at home, I wasn't happy at school, but like I just felt scared a lot of the time. And when I learned about Jesus in school, that was truly the time that I could turn to God. And that's, I feel like when I was the closest to God because I had that childlike faith and I was able to say, I, I can't handle this, but he can. Yeah. And I can't do this by myself. But I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an easy thing to say and like tell people like, oh, just trust in God. Like you said, just pray. But really, when you're at that place with God and you have that realization, you don't ever have to go back. Yeah. And there's something so great about that. So just praise God for that. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. Thank you for that. Peter was the one who said, you're never going to no, know you. We're never going to let this happen to you. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus is in the garden and the, the guards come and get him. <laughs> and Peter's like, knife. no, sir. Nope. Uh, nope. Like Peter had some walk to his talk. Like he, he wasn't, he wasn't just playing. He did. 
and now Peter's standing there by the fire and you got, you know, a old little lady. Then she's like, oh, you were with them, right? And what's Peter standing far off? He's in the courtyard and he's watching Jesus and he knows what's going to happen. Peter's not stupid. Why are we having this meeting now? Why are we having it before the Passover? Because they're going to do this and they're going to do it quick. At midnight. They're going to do it quick. And Peter was not stupid. He knew what was going to happen. And whose fault was it? In Peter's mind. It's Peter's. He let Jesus down. I told you I was going to protect you. I pulled out my sword to protect you. Mm. I failed you. And that fear of failure was going to cost everything. How hard do you think it must have been for Peter even to walk back into that house with those other guys thinking thinking they all think that, like, they all know this was my job to do this. And, I mean, I I can't believe that's probably why Peter ran so hard to the tomb on the third day, right? Like, he's like, get out of my way. Out of my way. (laughs) But Peter took that, I think that Peter took that really personally. But how did Peter get restored? By Jesus, very personally. I love that. That's, I that's always amazing. cry when I read that because I picture that moment and I'm just like, oh, God, you are so good. So you are good. so good. Well, even even so, like when you read uh, when you read the Bible, um, when the angel is talking to um, the girls when they go to the tomb, they mm-hmm. say, go tell the disciples and Peter. Like there's this distinction oh, for yeah. Peter. That's true. Um, it's like, go tell the disciples and Peter, you know, but it's like, obviously like, hey, Peter needs this the most. Right. Like everyone's scared, but we need to restore Peter. And I mean, Peter dealt with fear all the time. Peter was walking on water until he took his eyes off Jesus and oh, then yeah. sunk due to fear. Yeah. I love Peter. He's very impulsive, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> yeah. So, so what do we do then when we when we try to do everything on our own strength and we try to come up with things? I, I think about the Bible verse where it talks about. Uh, Train yourself with godliness. Uh, bodily training has some value, but godliness is a value in every way. I mean, we understand that we can train ourselves physically. We can go to the gym and work out and exercise and get those, you know, Jesus CrossFit abs, right? And we know that we can train ourselves in godliness, you know, in prayer and in fasting and in, in meditating on the scripture. How can we as believers train ourselves in, in, with good mental tactics? I mean, uh, what, what are the strategies by which we can create healthy patterns of living to keep fear and anxiety from getting root in our lives? Yeah, so one of the best ways, whether you struggle with intense anxiety or not, you're just plain human or you struggle with it, is building our emotional intelligence. It's just understanding what we're feeling and why we're feeling it. And one of the best ways to do it, and it can seem labor intensive and overkill, but it's actually a huge eye-opening exercise. And you can really do it with anxiety, with anger, with sadness, whatever it is. Um, and, and it's kind of taking a taking a piece of paper, taking your phone and, and building like a, and drawing out kind of a scale of zero to 10. And you begin to, because we're talking about anxiety tonight, you begin to identify what level of anxiety you're experiencing and what term you're going to use it. You know, we can toss, toss around anxiety, fear, nervousness, panic, being unsure, being uneasy. All of those are synonyms, but they actually really delineate among them sure. of intensities of fears, panic, freaking out, you know. 
And so it's important. Total mess that, your pants <laughs> meltdown. <laughs> right. So it's important that we know what level of anxiety we're experiencing and what term we're using to identify that. And then additionally, when there's people around us who are wanting to help us, how are we communicating to them to, to, to clearly tell them what we're feeling? And then beyond just having a term for the different levels is understanding where am I feeling it at in my body and what am I experiencing in that moment? Um, because I could be uneasy and kind of feel it in my stomach. That's mm -hmm. where I feel yeah. my uneasiness. But if I'm panicking and freaking out, I'm sweating. My heart is beating. I'm acting frantic. I'm pushing people out of the way. I was at the park the other day and lost you know, sight of my toddler. I was freaking out. Yeah. I wasn't nervous. I wasn't uneasy. I was freaking out. So the terms are different and also my physical and behavioral responses are going to be different. So just building that emotional intelligence. And then the last piece of that is having a coping skill for all of those. Again, this can seem labor intensive, but it's building yourself with the knowledge so that when you experience, not if, but when you experience those things, you know what's happening, how you're feeling and what to expect. And then what coping skill, because the coping skill you're going to use at a two or a three feeling nervous is much different than what you're going to use at like a nine or a 10 when sure. you're panicking yeah. and freaking out. And so having a coping skill that fits best is one way that we can train our mind and equip ourselves for not if it's going to happen, but when, and it's important we practice those coping skills when we're calm. Yeah. Um, sometimes yeah, when I work with clients and I'm like, did you work on those things? I tried. It just didn't work. Well, when did you do it? Well, when I was freaking out. Okay. <laughs> Well, again, we're not used to those. You have to practice them when you're calm so that you know, again, like a reflex. Hey, yeah. When I'm feeling an eight or nine or 10, these are the tools that I know can yeah. help me. And sometimes it's trial and error, but you're going to get there. And again, you can do that with anxiety, with with anger, with depression, things like that. But that's a huge training your mind yeah. for those situations yeah, when that you're, you're going to encounter. When you're on the cruise ship, they take you to where the lifeboats are and where the life jackets are while you're still at the dock. That's right. They don't wait until you hit an iceberg. Right, because they know when you hit the iceberg, <laughs> when you hit the iceberg, that's not the time to be like, calm down. Let's let me tell you these long steps to do it. And yeah. so, so again, you may not. Um, be freaking out at that moment, or you may not even be at a four or a five or a six, um, but you'll you'll probably get there at one point in your life. So it's just good to know. Um, and again, not only empowers you, it empowers those around you to help you. So they're not just like, well, calm down. And you're like, I'm at a seven right now. I'm not calming down, right. you know? So that's a great way to just train your mind for those times. How about a belie as a believer, how do you train your spirit in those moments? Is there a, a good spiritual reflex for us? Yeah, I mean, Bible verses are key. I mean, by the, the word of God is truth. So when there's lies, um, the truth is the best thing to combat them. So having some of the verses we mentioned or different verses or stories that you can, great examples mm -hmm. in the Bible that God has given us. I do that. Um, I like that. Yeah, that, that, that remind us of the truth instead of us believing the lies or yeah. being enveloped in the anxiety. Because the anxiety may not be based on a lie. It may be very based on a truth mm -hmm. that we experienced. And so but but God still desires to give us peace in those moments. And so what are the truths of God's word? So making sure we memorize scripture and making sure we know the word of God, um, making sure that that we just know what to do. And again, those can all be coping skills yeah. that you can incorporate um, into kind of your tool belt. And we'd, we're going to we're going to uh, pick Pastor Joy's brain and get some of those verses that are really handy to have in those moments. And we'll post it on our website at nerdygodcast.com. It'll be uh, Pastor Joy's playlist of peaceful promises yeah. i mean i i struggle with anxiety so those those words the 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 words of god are um 
they've they've helped me through some tough moments. So, so I'm really thankful for his word. Um, I just wanted to not make it about me or anything like that, but I know that there are unhealthy coping mechanisms that I deal with. Like um, I have like a trouble with like food. Like I have another most healthy relationship with food as well as like playing like kind of more of the damsel in distress type mm -hmm. of figure where I look for somebody else to help me without really helping myself first. Is there, um, I already mentioned like the neural pathways, but like in like practicing mm -hmm. new habits and stuff right. like that. But if you have like really ingrained negative coping mechanisms, what is something that you think you would advise someone to do to combat that? Yeah. So yeah to replace them i mean i'm a visual person so give me a piece piece of paper big small a marker board and let's map those things out let me flush those things out if you're sitting with a counselor flush those things out if you're sitting with a friend or a spouse that you trust greatly let's flush those things out and have someone be honest with you about what they're seeing or what they're observing and you be honest with yourself and invite god into that space to yeah. say god i need you to reveal things to me that i maybe didn't even notice and then you begin to change i think it's important to set those guard guardrails up that if you know hey this is a reflex or this is one of those pathways that are so easy for me to 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 step down well if it's food i probably shouldn't you know if it's cookies i probably shouldn't buy cookies you know what i mean and so i know that i'm not going to walk down the cookie aisle you know what i mean so and that's a, a silly thing but like you put put those guardrails up invite accountability into your life mm. and um and start changing i mean again marker board okay i do this when i'm at when i'm at an eight this is my reflex, but this is going to be my new coping skill. Mm. And so like just visually seeing it for me helps, um, especially at the beginning where you're not just jumbling it all up in your mind, because again, your mind's a confusing place sometimes. So visualizing it, inviting God into that space and inviting someone that you trust into that space to help you sort that out can be really, really helpful. Cool. Thank you. I know that you'd mentioned coping skills before when there's something that is really just bugging you out and there's nothing really that you can seemingly pinpoint as the trigger. What would be some tips to like find maybe what's causing an anxiety attack? Um, one of my number one coping skills that I recommend to people is deep breathing. Um, it's it it seems so common, but what's really so powerful about deep breathing? Breathing with your nose and out with your mouth deeply, slowly. Yes. Oh. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> okay. So what's really interesting is like what I mentioned at the beginning about the sympathetic nervous system. Sometimes we're perceiving a threat that may be real or may not be real and our brain kicks in and it tells our body. So if we say our brain is our neck up and our body is our neck shoulders down, our brain is going to communicate to our body what to do because our brain is like the mega center of all things, right? And so what deep breathing particularly does is it's your body communicating up to your brain to calm down. Mm -hmm. So so your brain is telling your body to freak out and that's what it does, the digestion and the blood Life flow and everything. But deep breathing particularly is your body speaking back up to your mind to say, hey, 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 thanks, thanks, th thank you. But we are good, we are calm, we are, we are safe. So you can shut down all of your sympathetic and switch back over to parasympathetic nervous system. We are good. Hey, yo, chill, so, dog. Cancel the red alert. Yeah, yeah, cancel. <laughs> so practicing deep breathing when you're calm is extremely important. Um, you could do square breathing if you're visual. So if you think about a square, so you're going to breathe in, you're going to inhale up one side, you're going to hold up across the top, you're going to exhale down one side and hold across the bottom. And you're going to do that until you begin to feel. I was watching the IF gathering and a woman was talking about 
about her trauma and and her sympathetic and parasympathetic response and she is self-aware enough she has done it enough times that she knows it takes 20 minutes for her from the initial trigger to a calm down so for her she's like i need to find a coping skill or coping skills that's going to get me through 20 minutes and i know that at that point i will calm down enough that my brain will will know yeah. that i am safe that's pretty cool to have that kind of like self-awareness yeah when i heard that i was like you go girl exactly one episode of fresh prince of bel-air yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so so deep breathing is huge it, with with little kids uh, when I did kid counseling, I would have them lay on the floor and I'd put like a stuffed animal on their belly and we would mm. call it belly breathing because you don't want to breathe in your chest, right? When you're having a panic attack or an asthma attack, you're like, <laughs> right? You want to take big, deep breaths when you're sleeping. Big, deep breaths. Has anybody right? else, since she's been talking about this, become hyper aware of your own breathing? <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. when we're most relaxed, we're taking our slowest breaths. And so when we want to relax ourselves, either in an irrational situation or an actual you know trauma triggered um, a couple other things um, doing things you enjoy mindfulness techniques like mm. picking an item going through your five senses finding five items that are blue or something whatever in the area mindfulness is just the act of taking your mind and directing it like a spotlight to another area mm. so instead of focusing on what the irrational thoughts happening you're going to take it to the wall wow i see five spots on the wall and you're just distracting yourself like it, it seems simple and childish but it's it can be really powerful a couple things other things again going to your happy place you close your eyes and you picture the beach or you picture disney throw World. out some enya yeah and you go through the five senses <laughs> you really stir the the mind to to understand that counting to 10. this is a huge thing eating healthy sleeping just making sure that your body it is in a healthy position to combat those i feel attacked right? oh gosh you know and oh, no. and the last thing that i wanted to recommend especially with irrational thinking um is kind of the idea of putting your thoughts on trial if the thoughts that you're thinking would be sitting in a you know in a defense position at the at, in the in the in the trial judges room. in the people's court in the people's court. court in the court of law like would it would it stand up to any sort of, of facts hmm. um so put your thoughts on trial you know what would your friends say we Will call it that even, matlock therapy yeah would it even matter in five years are you fortune telling are you thinking the worst things like that so so kind of examining your thoughts putting it on trial you used the word fortune telling before what can you unpack that yeah. yeah i mean it's like you have a crystal ball it's like well you know today my boss gave me a weird look so i'm gonna just perseverate on it and like stew on it and now i'm getting fired next week oh, no. with no factual evidence i've done that a lot i do that literally all the time and it's so bad yeah what do no you think factual that meant? evidence what that. did they why did they say that particular exact choice of words right yeah, yeah you fortune telling you assume the worst right you think oh, the God. worst you catastrophize so anything and everything you know you're now getting your hand bitten off somewhere whatever you know what i mean someone's attacking you so we catastrophize anything and everything so that's just another example of the irrational thinking that we need to put the halt i love that thought stopping just stop the thoughts and turn them around or mindfulness or deep breathing whatever it is that works for you earlier alexandria you you mentioned going uh and 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 having some some counseling some some therapy um we didn't point at you and make fun of you for that right but there are there are some people that maybe feel like talking to someone or having those kind of moments uh a couple weeks ago I was, I was talking to a friend and i was like boy i'm just really feeling this kind of way right now 
and they told me they're like, well, have you ever talked to a therapist? And I'm like, no, I don't need a therapist. Mm -hmm. Am I crazy? I'm not a crazy person. Like I'm not. And I realized how stupid that sounded. Like I realized in saying that, like what, like what point, what, what, what a, a position of arrogance for me to, to position like myself and say, oh, well, I don't need that. Like, what makes me better than somebody who, who does? And what is that? So I just want to say thank you for being honest and, and being able to share yeah. that. But there are a lot of people that might think of that as like, a, I don't want to, for whatever reason, I don't want to go to that because it's expensive or I don't want to go to that because I don't want to know what they'll have to say or I don't want to go to it because of the stigma that's attached I to it. I want to be diagnosed with something. So I would, I would ask you, when would be a good time, Joy, for someone to talk to a doctor or, or a counselor about anxiety? Yeah, I mean, it, again, everybody's born with a level of anxiety and fear. That's how God created us. Um, but again, as a counselor, I would become concerned if that anxiety and fear is beginning to wreak havoc in your life or becoming destructive in your work life, your social life, your your marriage, your relationships, the ability to function. Um, obviously, then it's becoming a problem and issue. I mean, that would definitely be a time when you would say, yeah, I may need to talk to someone who knows a bit more about this. I mean, it's the same way we compare it to the medical. You know, someone gets cut. Well, you know, I don't need to go to the doctors. But then when gangrene sets in, you're like, this is, you know, Neosporin is not going to fix this, <laughs> right? And so, so Put we, some tussin on it. Right, or some duct tape, right? So so again, we, we, we often feel more comfortable with medical situations to seek help and assistance. There's no stigma attached to someone saying, you know, I found a lump somewhere. I'm going to go talk to a doctor. But suddenly when it's like, man, it's hard for me to get out of bed every day. It's hard for me to have fun with my friends. Man, I feel really scared to do this, that, and other thing. Suddenly it becomes like you're a crazy person and you yeah. can go talk to someone. And and honestly, thankfully in society today, mental health issues are becoming destigmatized. And particularly in the church, praise God, they're becoming destigmatized. And so there's so many avenues, checking your insurance, talking to your medical doctor helps sometimes talking to your pastor or leader um, just talking to someone that you trust um, can be so helpful I remember when I was a, worked in private practice with and worked with adolescents one of the the number one kind of common thing I was seeing was a lot of the teenagers that were coming in had no mentor in their life they were not close to their parents they were not involved in a youth group they didn't play sports and have a coach and so a lot of times there's a lot of pent-up emotions there's a lot of pent-up issues and they've never been able to discuss it with someone they trust so so part of it is just maintaining a health um, mentally so that you never have to get there but if you do get there it's okay. It's yeah. okay. And um, and so there's so many options. There's free and reduced, um, you know, cost counseling. If you're speaking about the United Way or through your insurance, um, a lot of times churches have connections with Christian community or Christian counselors in your community. And so I would say the answer to your question is, um, is when you're beginning to see it's a problem. And yeah. then additionally, sometimes the people around you will be like, Hey, like you, are you okay? Like you just seem different or you reacted kind of weirdly, you know, um, when people begin to notice or your boss begins to notice, those are definitely like, mm, I need to go talk to someone who yeah. may know more about this than, than what I know. And you internet. know, yeah, right. So we, you know, doctors say don't web MD your symptoms, nope. right? So it's the, <laughs> the medical symptoms. Very Apparently similar. I have Hitler AIDS. Right. I'm not sure. <laughs> so very similar with your mental health. Don't web MD your symptoms because you're going to find out that you 
need to be in a straitjacket when you really don't. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say, um, don't let somebody make you feel like uh, your faith is somehow defective. Mm. If you're having some kind of, if you're having mental difficulty, don't let someone make you feel like, well, you just don't have enough faith. No, and I think it's important when we look at the word of God, when it talks about fear not, when it talks about protecting your mind, I don't think those verses would be in there if God didn't know that we would struggle in that area, right? And so God provides guidance to areas that he knows we're going to need. Mm -hmm. And if, if it's in there, God knows we need it. And so I don't think we're bad Christians or we lack faith because we're struggling in those areas. I think God knew that, and that's why he provided resources to help us. Yeah, mm-hmm. amen. I just want to ask you, as as Christians, how do we walk towards somebody in love and in wisdom who is dealing with anxiety instead of just saying, well, just like, don't fear, like, just pray about it. Like, what is the most practical way? for us to approach it is it just dependent on each person and like specifically what they're dealing with or maybe general statements of how to be the best help yeah i think part of it is not making those generalized statements even offhanded because you don't know what the people who are around you may be struggling with or may be going through and so in a position of influence or leadership or man they respected you just as a person as a friend and you're making these stigmatized remarks that they that they're struggling with so that's one way just a general kind of changing the way that you word things changing your thoughts and so your words are not coming out improperly and then additionally if you have a relationship with that person to again possibly say hey I'd love to be invited into your process is there mm-hmm. way ways that I can encourage you are there coping skills that you're aware of that I could that I could keep you accountable with or or remind you of in moments that I'm around you um, those types of things are there specific things that you want me to pray for you about that you know you're going to struggle with mm. through this process so those would just be maybe some general ways and specific ways that I would recommend cool thank you you're welcome no one's going to get better by like finger waggling at them and you're not going to get better by being like oh I messed up again oh and beating yourself up over and over again it's got to go with grace and like Mm-hmm. You are worthy to get help if you need help. Mm. It's so easy to be so hard on yourself. Like if you have like a backslide with something like that, be kind to yourself and give yourself grace. And I immediately thought about how in the Bible it says, God's kindness is meant mm-hmm. to bring you to repentance. Like God doesn't Whoa. come after you. Like yeah. I'm going to smite you for your sins. He's like, no, um, I'm going to die for you. And I'm going <laughs> to be yeah. by your side. I'm yeah. not going to just say you have this problem, deal with it, fix it or else. He's merciful and he walks with the people that are struggling and he came for the sick not for the well and grace i think to answer your question alexandria that's how you should handle it with as with any sin anything that you're trying to get better at you got to be patient with yourself and give it to god yeah and i'm all for faith I'm all for, I am all for faith. I am all for speaking the things that were, are not as though they are. I am for it. But faith is not the same as denial. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, you, I, if I'm, I, I don't want to be the, the dog in the meme that's in a burning room saying, this is fine. <laughs> this I'm is fine. fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Everything's I'm fine. fine. Uh, you, sometimes you gotta, you just have to realize I need help. And we're designed to need help. Like, we literally cannot in any way do this thing on our own. That is why we need Mm. Jesus. But uh, we need help from each other, too. God put us in in a church. He put us in community for a reason. Uh, If it was just all of of our own deal on his own, he'd have put us on an island, given us a Bible, and said, figure it out. 
but he is very active and present in our lives and he gives us people who are wise and loving and nurturing. Not everybody is like that. Not everybody who calls himself a Christian is like that, but there are people that are like that and there is good help available. I think when I think of how we're not meant to do it alone, it has to come down to that we are the branches and he is the vine. And Mm -hmm. apart from him, we can do nothing. And we bear the fruit of the spirit when we are connected with him. And I think it has to, I mean, we're not the only branches though. Like there are branches Mm -hmm. alongside of us that are like in the same boat, you know, hypothetically. Although there are many ways to seek help and to help yourself as a Christian, I I would be remiss if I didn't say praising God is my number one go-to nowadays. Like it took a long time for me to get back to that. Like since I was a kid, but there's so much, there's so much to gain when you just lay it down and it's it's kind of like refocusing like you were saying like looking around the room and finding something blue like you know like getting your mind to focus on something else but what is that verse like whatever is good whatever is like whatever is good whatever is true things. whatever is lovely yeah, what, yeah. yeah think um, on these second. things and Philippians 4 8 God is all of those things and the more I praise him like something about honestly you know something about putting aside what I'm going through, even if it's just for a few moments, even if I can't like put it away for forever completely right now, but praising God and saying, God, even though my circumstance is not good, you are good. And just repeatedly, like the power of the tongue is so real. And I just, I can't even express if you're struggling right now, I would so suggest helping yourself with all the ways that we've mentioned before and all the ways Joyce has talked about, but Praising God really just reframes your focus in a way that is so life-changing. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Mm-hmm. No matter how bad things feel, no matter how bad things seem, no matter how bad things get, mm-hmm. there is always a greater truth. Yes. And, uh, and God's love, God's peace is still very real even in the middle of our storms. So, uh, in the middle of everything else, God's solid foundation stands firm. So let us have hope today and let us apply to our hope wisdom and the good teaching and the good training, the good tactics that have been shared with us tonight. We, uh, we have gotten a, a, a great education that Joy had to spend a lot of time and money to acquire. <laughs> and she just handed it out to us for free. Praise. Like the lady in front of the Chinese restaurant at the mall. She just put a toothpick in it and let us have a taste. Bless you and your ministry. <laughs> Amen. Uh, and I loop around again. <laughs> That's what we did the other day. We just, we did. just look at it <laughs> and be like, like, oh, what sample? is this? Is this a, it's a piece of chicken? You what? say with a toothpick in it? I've uh, never heard of this. I've never try heard of twenty chicken, chicken. You say hello. I'm a totally different person. Big <laughs> <laughs> mustache. <laughs> oh, is this chicken? Oh. Yeah. I've never seen How this did before. We get here. Huh. Well, if uh, we are so honored again to have uh, Pastor Joy with us tonight, Joy Clifton, and uh, if people do want to follow you or you know join your fan base, what's the best way for people to uh, to take the Joy adventure? 
Uh, my Instagram handle is joybellc, J-O-Y-B-E-L-L-E-C. You'll see a splattering of mental health, my child, adventures, <laughs> and Jesus. And a bunch and of gluten-free, dairy-free yes, food selections. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. one of my one of my other favorite podcasts, besides the Nerd of God cast, of course. is a Fun Therapy with Mike Foster. I love his podcast um, because he really takes these big psychological concepts and mental health concepts and he brings them down to just everyday conversations and so no matter how long I'm in you know as a clinician I always learn something and I'm laughing I'm crying I'm learning I'm enjoying the guests and he just does a great job facilitating so um, fun therapy with Mike Foster is just another great way to continue the conversation and continue the learning without going to the public library and picking up a psychological textbook so it's a really easy way to to be engaged and be educated without all of the mumbo jumbo that you may not commonly know wow i love how you just used your shout out to shout somebody else out how positive is that (laughs) he's great he's great i'm like it's it's been it's been so good for me that's awesome nice yeah as a personal and as professional very cool well we'll check that out i'm going to give you guys some homework assignment as well uh there is a video game i wanted to talk a little bit about it tonight it didn't work its way into the conversation but you can get this game for pc for mac i think it's for ps4 for uh, nintendo switch for xbox basically anywhere you can play a video game uh this is a game called celeste and i know lots of people on our nerdy god squad have played it i've seen people anytime someone wants i got a switch what should i get they recommend this game celeste is a fantastic game it's a really hard game if you're talking about anxiety it will stir anxiety in you but the main character madeline it goes through this journey where she's climbing a mountain and it really is symbolic it's kind of a manifestation of her own anxiety and depression and uh she deals with the kind of this ghostly shadow version of herself that uh kind of is that's her primary antagonist in the game who as she goes through the different areas it's like you know you're you are many things darling but you're not a mountain climber you need to give up you need to go home you can't do this and it's all you know representing her internal dialogue it's a really great game look it up look into it and uh it's really gotten a lot of attention and a lot of credit for the way that it it in a very healthy and grounded and accurate way demonstrates dealing with fear and anxiety uh the the developer of the game uh, it's matt makes games same guy that did towerfall uh he struggled with this personally and he told this this was his story basically told to this game it's also a very fun and satisfying game to get um if you want to try to get all the strawberries you will experience a new level of anxiety in your life if you know you know but check it out i think you can get it for a few bucks it's it's definitely worth a play nerd godcast recommended we want to say thank you so much for all of you for making it through this episode and and listening with us uh we we hope that you will connect with us at all the all the social medias at nerd godcast uh let's continue this conversation if we can be any help or ministry to you uh we we will definitely be here uh to talk to and to direct you to all these resources that we mentioned tonight don't forget to follow us across all of the socials uh, if you haven't done so yet please hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or on every podcast platform you can think of leave us a review we love stars especially when they come in fives that really really does help us a whole lot and if you want to uh, get some nerd god swag you can visit our store at nerdgodcast.com uh, get yourself a t-shirt get yourself a sticker get yourself a nerd godcast face mask represent 
the squad everywhere that you go. Thank you so very much. And please don't forget that we do have our Nerd of Godcast trivia night. It is going to be happening on Sunday, March 28th. Get your tickets on Eventbrite for that. You can get the information for that on nerdofgodcast.com. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Pastor Joy Clifton. Yes. It has been a tremendous honor. Thank you for having me. Thank you for watching WandaVision just for this this (laughs) episode. I it I was it was great. Falcon and Winter Soldier are coming soon, and uh, we are on to that. Oh. Uh, we are just a few. Sorry to hear. By the time this episode, uh, by comes the time out. this episode comes out, and uh, I guess so is Zack Snyder's Justice League. How did everybody like that? It was awful. It, I loved it. It was long. We haven't actually seen it yet. So four hours, right? Four, that's four what hours. I hear. It's a lot. And it's, In a four-three uh, aspect ratio. That's right. And we don't get to uh, we don't get to make fun of people for putting out content that is way too long. We are about four times longer than the average <laughs> podcast should be, but that's okay because if you're bringing the goods, it's all good in the hood. Uh, for the Nerd of Godcast, Steve O. Supremo. Hi, everybody. Alexandria Marca. That was the whitest thing you've ever said on the show. <laughs> it's all good in the. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Bye, friends. Now I feel anxiety. Aww. Quentin Neff. You're never going to get me, Walruses. You're never going to get me. Oh I'll never go in the room with you. Julia Colazzo. Adios. Nick the Engineer. Goodbye. Joy Clifton. Hey, hey. Goodbye. Uh, until next time, I'm Tony T. We ain't got to go home, but, but we, we can't stay here. And yet, you know, so much of encountering God seems to stimulate fear in so many different people. I mean, most of the time I'm thinking you hear fear not is like an angel appeared to them. He's like, hey, 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 don't be afraid. I know. I know I look weird. Don't freak out. Why do you have an eye there? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you covered in eyes? (laughs) Ezekiel. I think if we could see like the book of Ezekiel, we would all have never, we'd never sleep again.